This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hey everyone, welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm your host, Robbie Lashua, and today we're going to be talking about things that science cannot explain. Because the truth of it is, science cannot explain everything that we encounter in this world or that we want to think about. So that's what the topic of today is going to be. But before I get into that, I want to share a coffee tip with you. So here's a little background story on this coffee tip. Um, Typically, when I would go back home for Thanksgiving or Christmas, I would always take a bag of coffee with me because uh, the coffee that my grandparents had at their house or my mom and dad sometimes had at their house was just terrible. And I was kind of snobby about it. And so I would take with me uh, this this uh, coffee that I liked just to ensure that I would drink good coffee on the holidays. I thought I was really uh, paranoid about it until I found out this tip. And this is your coffee tip for today. There's about 80 million Americans who will travel uh, this upcoming holiday season. And coffee is so important to these 80 million Americans. And we know this because the studies have shown that one in four of these 80 million people, so for you math wizards out there, that's 20 million people traveling for the holidays in our country this year, 20 million of them will bring their own coffee home for the holidays. They pack it in their suitcases. They fly it with them across country in order to ensure that they'll have a great cup of coffee. Now, I thought I was a freak when I did this, but to be honest, there's 20 million of us doing it. So if you're traveling home for the holidays this year, make sure to take your your very special favorite cup of coffee with you, uh, a bag of coffee with you in order to enjoy it for this holiday season. So uh, that's the coffee tip for today. Take your coffee with you because you never know what your relatives are going to be having. All right, let's get on with the topic for today. So um, just a little background on this. In episode 170, uh, Tyler and I, were, we were talking about worldview, and we were specifically talking about naturalism and atheism. So in that episode, we hit on scientism and what it is. But for today, I just want to recap real quickly with you what scientism is, uh, because it does relate to our episode today. So science is a methodology. It's how we can deduce things about the natural world. Scientism, on the other hand, like we said, it's more of a philosophy. It's a commitment to believe only what is scientifically proven. So it is a faith-based position, but the, the trust is that things can only be known through science. Now, we talked about how this is just an inadequate view of the world and how it, it fails and, and it, uh, it uh, self-contradicts itself, on and on and on. If you want more on that, go to episode 170. But for today, I want to show you how science, the methodology, cannot explain everything. It, it can't. And uh, what we're going to focus on is the Kalam cosmological argument for today's episode. So the Kalam cosmological argument has made a resurgence in the past, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 years in philosophical circles as to a really great argument for the existence of God. And it goes something like this. Uh, All things that begin to exist have a cause, premise two, the universe began to exist, Premise three, therefore the universe has a cause. So all things that begin to exist have a cause. 
The universe began to exist, therefore the universe has a cause. And all you have to do is show that the universe began to exist. And there's a lot of different ways, philosophically and scientifically, to show that the universe did in fact begin to exist. Therefore, it must have a cause. It can't come from nothing. So we've talked about this in the past as well on previous episodes, but for today, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the Kalam cosmological argument and look at it from a different way. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to come up with a new syllogism. Uh, I didn't come up with this. Actually, this is from J.P. Moreland. And if you want a great book on this, you need to get J.P. Moreland's book, Scientism and Secularism. Here is a good picture of it. This book is amazing. You need this book. It's it's a little in-depth. It's a little deep, but you can do it. You can handle it. It is phenomenal for so many reasons. But in the book, he proposes this syllogism for the Kalam cosmological argument. Premise one, the universe had a beginning. Premise two, the beginning of the universe was caused. Therefore, the cause of the beginning of the universe was personal. All right, so we're going to unpack this and uh, see if there's evidence that backs it up. And then we're going to talk about how science cannot explain the cause of the beginning of the universe, but theism can. All right, so here's how theism explains this. Um, here's some evidence for the fact that the universe had a beginning, because that is premise number one, right? The universe had a beginning. Well, how do we know this? We're going to look at it in philosophy, and we're going to look at it in science. So first, the philosophical argument for the fact that the universe had a beginning <clears throat> is basically this, that an actual infinite, an actual infinity of past moments cannot exist. All right, now, now, let me explain this to you because it gets a little crazy. All of us know what an infinity is, right? And all of us love Buzz Lightyear. And he says you can go to infinity and beyond infinity. Well, you can't go beyond infinity because it's infinite. Uh, whatever you're talking about, if it's infinite, it means it goes on forever and ever and ever and ever without end. So let's take this idea of infinity and apply it to uh, a group of people sitting in chairs. Imagine there is a line of people sitting in chairs next to one another, and the line goes from where you're at sitting down back to infinity. There's an infinite, an infinite number of people behind you forever and ever and ever. But in order for you to get to stand out of your seat, the person to your left has to stand out of their seat. But in order for that person to be able to stand, the person to their left has to stand first, and so on and so on and so on. If there is an infinite number of people before you that need to stand up so that eventually you can stand after the person on your left stands, if there's a forever infinite number of people behind you, when would you ever get to stand up? And the answer is that you would never get to stand because there is an infinite number of people to your left. What you would need in order to stand up is a finite number of people. Maybe there's a thousand people to your left. Well, eventually you're going to get to stand up because they keep standing in succession, right? Maybe there's a million people to your left. It'll take a little bit longer, but eventually you'll get to stand. What if there's a billion, a trillion? Well, eventually right? Given your life expectancy, <laughs> you could eventually stand in this thought experiment. 
Now, when it comes to the universe, I am sitting here now on December 1st, is when I'm recording it, December 1st, 2021. It is the present. It is now. I'm here. You, wherever you're listening, are present on the day that you're listening to it. You've made it to that moment. In, in other words, you've stood out of your chair. How could it be possible that if there are an infinite number of moments previous to the present that we would ever get here? Just like you couldn't stand up if there was an infinite number of people behind you, if there's infinite amount of time behind us, if there's an infinite amount of moments in the time, space, and matter universe, we would never have arrived at the present. So this proves that there was a beginning sometime in the past, which is the only reason that we can be in the present. Now, I know this is really heady for some of you, but in philosophy, this is basically saying that an actual infinite cannot exist. In the space-time-matter universe, we can't have an actual infinite because we're here. We're in the present, which means there was a finite number of moments that preceded today. So this proves that the universe had a beginning. That's the philosophical proof. But we also have scientific evidence for the beginning of the universe. Um, number one, the second law of thermodynamics. Basically, the idea is that the amount of useful energy in the universe is irreversible and is being used up. So a simple way to explain this is that uh, hot things cool unless you do something to stop them from cooling, right? Energy is running out. The useful energy in our universe is being used up. So how does this play into the beginning of the universe? Well, since there is still energy left in the universe, like our sun, like stars, right? Like me moving, since there's still usable energy in our universe, the universe must have had a beginning. If it did not have a beginning, then the universe would have already run out of energy. If there's forever behind us, then everything would have already been burned up. The fact that there's still energy, that there's still a sun burning, that there's still heat in our universe shows that it had a start and that that start wasn't forever and ever and ever and ever ago. So think of it like this. If you walked into a room and you saw a candle that was burning and you saw a cup of coffee that was really hot, you would automatically deduce that somebody had been there recently because given a long period of time, coffee becomes room temperature and candles eventually burn out. The same would apply to the universe. Since we're still seeing candles lit and hot cups of coffee, right? Like our sun and, and uh, stars, since we're seeing that, that then it can't be a forever and ever and ever ago. Somebody had to heat up the cup of coffee not too long ago. Does that make sense? So the second law of thermodynamics proves that there was a beginning to the universe and it hasn't been infinite. It hasn't been forever and ever because there's still energy in the universe. The second scientific reason that we believe the universe began is because of the Big Bang Theory, right? Scientists have shown that galaxies are accelerating away from each other, kind of like a balloon. Like if you put dots on a, a deflated balloon and then you blew it up, as it expanded, the dots would get further and further away from each other. Well, that's what's happening in our universe. Galaxies are moving further and further away from each other. But if you run the tape backwards, 
If you deflate the balloon, you can see that going back in time, there was a moment when all galaxies, when all everything was in an infinite nothing and it blew up into something. This is called the Big Bang Theory, right? Um, so the idea with this is that space, time, and matter came into existence, burst into existence from nothing not too long ago in the past. So the Big Bang Theory and the second law of thermodynamics prove scientifically that the universe had a beginning. And the actual infinite cannot be uh, possible in philosophy proves that philosophically the universe must have had a beginning. So we can deduce that the universe had a beginning. Now let's discuss how we can know that the beginning of the universe had a cause, right? Because this is kind of important. We're claiming there was a cause to the universe. Well, how can we know that? A couple of reasons. One, we have never, ever, ever, you, me, any human being, has never observed something coming into existence from nothing, there is no one scientific documented case of something popping into existence from nothing. Now, we know things get created, but they always are created by pre-existing things, matter or persons. That is how stuff gets created. Nothing has ever popped into existence from nothing. This is the common experience that each of us has ever had on this planet. We all observe and we know that things which are created come into existence. And so scientifically, nothing can come from nothing. But there's this big something here, right? So how did this get here? Well, we know it had a beginning and we know that something must have caused it because things cannot pop into existence from nothing. So it must have been caused by something. So the universe had a beginning. The beginning of the universe had a cause and now third, let's talk about how we can know this cause was personal. So because space, time, and matter all came into existence at one point in time, right? Um, space, time, and matter could not be the cause of itself, right? So whatever caused space, time, and matter has to be non-spatial, timeless, and immaterial, this would mean it has to be supernatural, right? Not part of the natural universe, not part of the natural realm, not subjugated to space, time, and matter. It would have to be, like I said, non-spatial, timeless, and immaterial. This cause would also have to have extreme power in order to create a universe like ours. This, this thing would also not only have to be powerful, but it would also have to have free will because it chose to create. Why is there something rather than nothing? The only good explanation is that this thing, which is spaceless, timeless, and immaterial, with extreme power, decided to create, decided to cause. And that's why we believe that the cause of the universe was personal because only persons have a free will. Only persons make choices. So now that is a quick run through of the Kalam cosmological argument and, and an aspect of it, to be honest. Again, if you want to know more about this, I would recommend uh, William Lane Craig's book, Reasonable Faith, or like I said before, J.P. Moreland's book, Scientism and Secularism. But now let's talk about how that science cannot 
adequately answer the cause of the universe. So that's a theistic argument for why God exists, because we we have to have something like the God of Scripture in order to create what's around us. We observe all this stuff, and the only way to get there is to have a personal, powerful, non-spatial, immaterial, timeless being who chose to create everything, who chose to cause everything. And that is what we call God. That is what Scripture describes God to be, actually. Now, let's look at science, right? And again, I'm not talking about scientism, the philosophy that's committed to the, the only way of knowing things is through science. I'm talking about the practice of science. Science cannot adequately give us a reason for the cause of the universe. And here are some reasons why. Number one, science has to have an operating universe before it can even try to do science. Okay, think about that. Science has to have a universe already operating before it can even try to do science. There have to be natural laws that are already established, that are already in place, before science has anything to gauge itself off of. Does this make sense? I, I think this is really important. The, the observable universe has to be here to observe before we can observe it, before we can do science. So science is not really in a correct position to answer questions about the cause of the universe. Science can definitely establish there was a beginning. We can deduce that. We can see that through study, through Big Bang Theory, through the, the second law of thermodynamics. We can understand that. But we cannot, through science, attempt to discover what caused the universe to begin. Because we need a universe first in order to do science. Science is, by definition, the study of the material world. If there is no material, space, or time, science can't even be done. So the attempt to describe or to uh, come to a conclusion about the cause of the beginning of the universe is something that science is not even in a position to do. The second reason science can't account for the cause of the universe is that science presupposes time in order for it to work correctly. Okay, think about this. So if you're going to do the scientific method, much of what it's based on is on observing, right? Gathering data, analyzing data, drawing conclusions. All of those things take time. It's a process, observing things over periods of time to deduce what's going on in the natural realm. So how is it that science can be used to explain the cause of the universe if prior to the universe, time didn't exist? You have to have time existing in order for science to be functional. And everything points to that prior to the Big Bang, matter, space, and time did not exist. So science cannot understand or uh, science cannot propose what the cause of the universe was because there is no time prior to the beginning of the universe. And it's a necessary component to do science. So you have to have a universe operating in order to even do science. Number two, science presupposes time in order to work correctly. And number three, science measures um, processes and transitions, right? Science observes things over time in the material universe in order to come to conclusions about what is happening. It's a process. It's a transition. It takes time. 
Now, the beginning of the universe, the, the, the creation ex nihilo, out of nothing, that's what Christians have said for years, this idea of the Big Bang, it's not a process-type event. So hear me on this. Uh, when we're talking about things that exist, is it possible to only exist 50%? No, of course not. Like, that's stupid. Existence is uh, is you either do or you don't. It's not a, well, I'm 10% existing. I'm 20% existing. I'm 90% existing. That's not the type of thing existence is. Either something exists or it doesn't. It's a one-time event thing. It is not a process. And so science cannot measure how things began to exist because it is not a process type thing. Those are three reasons that science cannot account for the beginning of the universe, for the cause of the beginning of the universe. Therefore, science is a bad judge to tell us our origin story. You see, I love origin stories. I don't know if, if any of you out there are like me, but I, I love like uh, the superhero movies, but my favorite ones are always when they tell us how the superhero became the superhero, right? Was it through tragedy? Was it through some kind of crazy science experiment? I love learning about the backstory of how they became who they became. Our origin story, all signs point to there was nothing, and then all of a sudden, boom. There was space, time, and matter. There was something. And we would deduce that there has to be an adequate explanation for why there is something rather than nothing. And whatever caused the something would need to be outside of the something because things cannot create themselves, right? Matter can't create itself. Time can't create itself. Space can't create itself. So whatever caused our universe to exist must be timeless, spaceless, and immaterial, must be powerful, must have decision-making power, free will, which is why we believe that God is personal. And you see, all of these things that through science and philosophy we can deduce about what caused existence of our universe are things that the Bible for thousands of years has described God to be spaceless, timeless, right? The Bible literally says God is not like a man, right? He doesn't have a body. He's a spirit, right? God isn't a material being. God is outside of time. A day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day, the Bible tells us. The Bible describes God as being extremely powerful. And in the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1-1, right? It talks about how God created things out of nothing. He, in his power, created the material universe. And this is what I think is the best explanation to why there's anything around us, why any of us are here, and why any of this stuff is here. But you see, in our culture, so many people have believed that science can answer all of our deepest questions. It can't. It's the wrong tool for the job. Just like trying to measure the height of a giraffe with a bathroom scale is stupid, trying to understand what the cause of the beginning of the universe is through science is dumb. It can't be done. It's the wrong tool for the job. Science is a great thing that God has given us. It is a way to measure the natural world around us. But it is not a way to measure the supernatural world around us. For that, we need philosophy. 
For that, we need logic. We need good reasoning. We need metaphysics. We need to think through what's going on. And God has given us that tool as well. So if you're out there and you're a believer, I hope that this episode has really helped you to think a little bit deeper about our origin story, where we came from, and the type of being that would have to exist in order to make sense of where all of this stuff came from. I also hope that this encourages you that the Bible's been on the right track for a long time, and that finally, modern science and modern philosophy has caught up to the idea that this is the type of being that would need to exist prior to the beginning of the time-space-material universe. I want you to tell people about this too. I want you to, to engage with people. The whole reason that Tyler and I do this show is because we want you to be equipped to go out and defend your faith, and we also want you to have confidence that what you're defending is legit, that it's real, that it's true. Christianity is the real thing. Christianity makes sense of the world because it's the actual world we find ourselves in. It's reality. And as ambassadors for Jesus, we have got to go out, guys, and we have got to be sharing this with other people. We've got to be loving our Christian friends and neighbors and equipping them with these truths. We've got to go out and we've got to help our non-Christian friends understand who God is and who Jesus is and how much he loves us. This is what we've been left here to do. That's why we're on earth. These are our, our marching orders. And so I'd encourage you, talk with your friends who have a high regard for science. And point out some of these things that science cannot account for and have a dialogue with them about it and then seek answers together. I love that we can use our minds to love God. He actually calls us to do that, right? He tells us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. We can do that and we don't have to be afraid of following the evidence where it leads. Because God created the universe and he has left us tremendous evidence to lead us to the truth of who he is, both in scripture and in nature. Hey, thank you guys so much for being with us this week on Christ Culture and Coffee. Again, we are just so thankful as we wrap up another year of, of all of the support and all of the comments that get sent in and all of the encouragement and all of the time that you've taken to listen to this show. We're glad that it's been beneficial to you. We're glad that it's helped you in your faith journey. We're glad it's helped you answer difficult questions. And we will be back next week with another episode. Thanks so much for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our Stoneware, Christ Culture, and Coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee.